David, a nation after God's heart. This is part eight, growing older. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 21, beginning in verse 15. It says, when the Philistines were at war again with Israel, David and his servants with him went down and fought against the Philistines, and David grew faint. Then Ishbah Binab, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, and he was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zuriah, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, You shall go out no more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. So David leads his men, as he had often done for many years, into battle against the Philistines. So it was nothing new to any one of these men, for David was doing this for decades now. But what is new, in this particular time of battle, David's body fails him. And in verse 15, in the midst of this battle, it says that David grew faint. Now, up to this point in time and in David's life, he needed no one, he needed no one just to, to think about these kinds of things. He could do whatever he thought he could do physically. His body would immediately leap to attention. The transition between the thinking and doing in David's life was actually perfectly coordinated. He would think what he wanted to do, and he could physically perform what he thought he could actually do. But in this battle, in this combat, he's felt something in his body that he's not able to do. He feels faint. His body's failing him. In the midst of the battle, where the stakes are so high, where the stakes in battle are a matter of life and death, and listen, this is what makes the difference of it. War makes a difference in anything else in life. Because there's no timeouts, there's no periods, there's no ivory group resume next week, there's no two, best two out of three, there's none of that in the battlefield. There's one man who lives and one man who dies. And this is the worst place in life to have your strength fail you. This is what happened to David. He can't make his body do what it's always done all the days of his life. And what his body has been to him all the days of his battle life, well, they've been to him been great. He's 65 years of age right now, and he could do this when he's in his 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, but now he's 65. What happened? He doesn't feel any different at all. Why can't I still do this? And all this leads to a necessary change for David by the demand of his men. This would be a major change in David's life. David's men came to realize for the first time when they left that battlefield, which they won, they were so close to leaving that battlefield with their king, David, dead a man they had fought side by side with for years and never had a second thought about David and his God-given ability until that day. Their eyes were open. They were haunted with the fact that their king was almost taken out. And as the word really spread through the midst of the ranks of the men fighting with David, as they heard of this near miss of their king, the reaction of David's men was very strong. They swore to him. They would not leave the decision in the hands of David. They made the decision for him. And they swore, you shall not go out anymore with us to fight. Why? They said, because you are the lamp of Israel. We don't want the lamp of Israel to be quenched and put out. See, what David was to the men of Israel, these mighty men, that he was a lamp of Israel, which was much more important to them than what he was doing in the battlefield at this time of his life. When they speak to David and declare to him, you're the lamp of Israel, they were basically saying, you are that light in a dark room. That's who you are for us at this particular time. But listen, this is a very important phrase right here. It's one of the hardest changes in life, and it's the change that is necessitated by age. Only people who have aged to this point know it is one of the hardest transitions in life. And David attempts to do too much here for too long, but David can't see it. 
what he could do at one time physically, he can no longer do without endangering himself and endangering the army and the nation too. It's always interesting, in those areas of circumstances, it's others who see it long before David or we ever will see it. And David, to his credit, accepted what they were saying. He accepted the fact physically that his best days were now behind him. And David needed to accept that. And again, to his credit, he did accept that. And I remember a fight I saw years ago in 1980 where Muhammad Ali and Larry Holmes were fighting, and Muhammad Ali had nothing to give in that fight. He was old at that time. He didn't have any bounce in his feet. He just Finally, his corner had to throw in the towel and say that we are done. It took the corner, took his trainers, took managers to see what he couldn't see. You are done. And it's usually others see it before we ever see it. But Muhammad Ali, he didn't believe it otherwise. He took on another fight a year later. And he lost it in 10 rounds. And, of course, a lot of these fights, and they say the Larry Holmes fight, contributed to his Parkinson's syndrome. But to David's credit, he accepted the hardest decision of his life. David did that. David was good with that. What can we learn from the passages ourselves in growing older? Number one, the first thing we can learn is this. Growing old requires some adjustments in life. Adjustments that are not always easy, but they are very much, they are necessary. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes, you know, about there's a time to be born, there's a time to die, there's a time to build, there's time to tear down. He's kind of given the process of life itself. And, you know, and even as a, as a kid, when you're young, you could do certain things, but as you get older, you can't do certain things. You know, I remember I could climb up into a tree as high as I could ever go. And now that I'm older, I can't go more than eight feet off the ground with my grandson, Jack, without looking down, thinking, how am I going to get down from here now? <laughs> I mean, I need a ladder. I, know, I, I don't want to try to jump. It's too high up. And so, you know, that's what happens. You know, my mind says I can do it, but my body is not responding. I got up. Now I can't get back down from that tree. My wife and I were products of the late 60s and early 70s. We were not Christians, and we did occasionally recreational drugs. Not proud of that at all. But we would be with our friends, and they would have something, and they go, here, try this. We go, sure, if you like it, well, sure, we'll like it. But now we fast forward decades later, <laughs> I'm asking, is it okay to take ibuprofen with Excedrin? Can you do that? What's going to happen to me if I mix those two together? I'm so concerned as I get older. But why? Because there's adjustments that you're making in life that you didn't always do as a kid. I mean, that's the thing that happens. Number two, the second thing is that God commands that a great respect is given to those who are growing older. Matter of fact, it's in the law, Leviticus 19.32. It talks about the gray-haired man, the younger, will rise up to them. It's a kind of respect that's to be given, but it's sincere respect. It's not just being, you know, sincere, but not really meaning it in your heart. I mean, Isaiah the prophet talks about a society of youth-oriented culture, kind of like our culture here in the United States, a youth-oriented culture. And when they lose the respect and honor towards the age, it's the downfall of the nation. To lose respect for the wisdom and the experience of life that they carry with them is a doomed society, Isaiah tells us. The third thing in old age is a season when one becomes more valuable with what they know than what they, what they do physically. I mean, David's men didn't want David to go out in the battlefield anymore because his value was now greater than his physical combat. You're the lamp of Israel. You're the light of your family. And over time, David's greatest value to those around him changed. And it does for everyone. 
It changed from providing pure physical strength to one who provides wisdom and perspective to the nation, which is even better than the physical strength. But it's not an easy transition for some. But over time, it is one that must be made. Or we will be prone to think that our usefulness in life is directly in proportion to our physical strength. That is not true. But if we are convinced to believe it is, discouragement, depression can overtake a person. I had a neighbor that committed suicide because he could no longer physically do the things that he thought he should be able to do. And he believed, why should I even go on living? And he, he killed himself. And so, and it's not true. And his wife tried to encourage him not to do that, but that's how he equated life was with his strength. Listen, we become very valuable in the Lord as we become older. Life isn't over. It's time for a transition. Forget the physical strength. It's gone now, but there's something even stronger, even more valuable, you know, that you can bring is perspective, is wisdom, is knowledge now that you can bring from your life and your experience. The fourth thing is in old age is a time for godly influence. Godly influence becomes the greatest thing we can bring into a situation or a circumstance. In Proverbs, it talks about the gray hair is called as crown when it's in the way of righteousness. And note, it's not age alone that commands that kind of respect. It's the age with godliness that commands that kind of respect, Proverbs says. Don't ever think you are finished in ministry because you're older and the next generation comes to the forefront. You know, your new ministry began to, is to inform that righteousness and godliness to the next generation that's coming up. That's what we are to do. That's what a person who grows older is to do. David recognized that was, he was to remain an influence to the position God had called him to. And listen, months before David's death, he gave godly charge to his son Solomon, which he took, you know, which, which is only a few weeks or a few months away from him dying. So David remained a godly influence in his old age. And that's a great word for all of us. Remain a godly influence to those around you. The fifth thing is old age is a time when we need to be under the influence of the Bible. That's what, and the influence of God's word. To never stop being a student of God's word, gaining the freshness of his word like we could never get in our youth, the insights, the wisdom that we read it again and see it with these old eyes. And these all of a sudden, they become like new eyes. You know, encourage you as you get older to bring your Bible with you. Start to see it with older eyes. It becomes fresh again. The thing is, is that we don't have the wisdom. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the perspective when we're younger. We get it when we get older, and we have to be in God's word to be able to see that. Those old eyes see something new and refreshing each and every time. I mean, Paul the Apostle, at the very end of his life, when he was only just a weeks or a few months away from dying there in that prison, he sits in that Rome prison, and it's freezing there. And he writes to Timothy, and he tells Timothy, have Mark bring me my cloak, for the winters are cold, but also bring me the parchments and the scrolls, the writings of the Bible. You would think Paul would only have a few weeks before he'd have his head taken off. Just relax. You know the word of God. Just meditate on what you know. No, Paul wanted to look at it. He wanted to read it. He wanted to see it because he knew the importance of that. It'd give him encouragement. He had a hunger for God's word, and that's important all the way to the very end that we would have that hunger for God's word. In Psalm 92, it says this, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. 
They, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Number six, it's important that we learn from David not to wait too long to make the changes in our life that are inevitable. Now, Moses would be 120 years old. Of course, he died in the fullness of his strength. He still was very strong. His eyes were not dim. <laughs> I mean, he was is at his fullness of his strength. And that was his portion. Everybody's portion is different. Somebody, you know, may be at the fullness of their strength in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, everybody's going to be different. And David's, he, would, he didn't have Moses' portion. And I think that most of us are not like David in the acceptance of change. But we're hesitant to the adjustments of growing older that is required. We can resist them and resist them until a major crisis comes into our life. Listen, David had a near miss. David was lucky. David could see that he almost died, that something was missing that had never missed in his life. He accepted the near fatal situation as it's time to make the changes in my life. Whether I like it or not, whether I'm ready for it or not, it's at that time. But David was able to embrace the change that he was going to be making in being an influence, a man of wisdom and of knowledge, especially to his son Solomon. But listen, a near miss can be driving our car and going through an intersection, not even realizing I wasn't even paying attention to the traffic light or the stop sign. I just kept on driving. A near miss like that can be an eye-opener, that my driving days are now over, whether I like it or not, whether I'm ready for it or not, it's over. But if we keep on going, saying, I'm okay, I'm 70, I'm going to be like Muhammad Ali, I think I can keep fighting, I, I, I think that was just a freak accident, it's not going to happen again. You know, the thing is, you don't want to be that person that does that. You don't want to do that at all. That person may be able to text and drive, you know, all through their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, and all of a sudden they get in their 60s and they're still texting, but now they're going through red lights. They're going through this. They're, they're not really paying attention. And, of course, texting is illegal anyway, but people still do it, unfortunately. There's a time we got to sit down and go, wait a minute, that's wrong. But it's that group of people or family that can sit down with us and have us face our new realities. David never knew his strength had faded until his near miss, and those who loved him the most were able to bring it to light, and to David's credit, he accepted the love of those who cared for him. What great affection and respect his men had to put their foot down. In the same way, maybe that's what we need to do in some situations. We need to put our foot down with certain people. We need to tell them, you can't do this any longer. This is not right any longer. It's inescapable, and it's for us to know. But the last thing is this. In that time of life, what, what God has always been to us, he will always be to us. God's promises are yes and amen. In Psalm 37, 25, it says, I have, I have been young, and now I am old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken or the descendants begging for bread. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, old age is not a time where God is finished with us. It's just a different season. But it'll always be a season of influence for those who are here and older and those who will hear this will know there is a usefulness, a faithfulness to God that is faithful to you in all the seasons of your life. All we have to do is embrace each season for God always has a plan for us.